This podcast was first broadcast on Mix 92.6. Go to mix926.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts. And if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around Hertfordshire and from further afield. Now, in the midst of all the political turmoil recently, you might have spotted a whole host of disruptive protests from the campaign group Just Stop Oil. They're protesting every day at Downing Street. They forced the closure of the Dartford Bridge by climbing up the pylons. They've glued themselves to roads and they've thrown soup over paintings. Many of the Just Stop Oil protesters are from Hertfordshire and I was interested to find out more about them. I spoke to one Hertfordshire resident who's Just Stop Oil protester, Craig Scudder, and I started by asking... I mean, the clue's probably in the name, but what are the specific demands of Just Stop Oil? Hello, Amanda. Thanks for having me on. Our specific demand is for the UK government to halt giving out all licences and consents for new fossil fuel extraction, not only in the North Sea, but in the UK as a whole. This includes fracking and new coal mines. Okay, so people have probably heard that the government is opening the way to fracking for for gas. Are there new consents going ahead for North Sea development? We've not heard so much about that. Yeah, there's about 130 that are in the pipeline. This is the season, actually, when they're given out um, this time of year. And And it makes no sense. If I could just park the climate change aspect of this, right, and I know we can't, it's the biggest threat that humanity has ever faced. But let's park that for a second and talk about economics, OK? Um, the government say that we want to look after our energy security so we should go drilling in the North Sea. We don't own that oil and gas in the North Sea. When we give out these licences, it is wholly owned by the companies that go drilling. They sell it at global prices to the UK. They're not obliged to sell it to the UK and they never, ever, ever do us any favours on price. So it does nothing at all for our energy security because A, they're not obliged to sell it to us and B, we have no say over the price. Right? That's number one. Number two, it takes about a decade on average from when you get a licence to when actually the oil or gas is coming on shore. And these projects are not the easy kind of oil and gas extraction projects because they've all been done. We've been in the North Sea for 50 years. So a lot of these projects are in very deep water and it'll be challenging to get stuff on shore. Average of 10 years, the largest solar farm in the country from licensing to operation was three months. The largest onshore wind farm in the country, country just over a year. And the largest offshore wind farm in the in the world, three years. And all that energy is way, way cheaper than oil and gas. Way cheaper. It makes zero sense. You know, the head of the International Energy Agency has said it is suicide for the planet to do any more oil and gas drilling after 2021. Suicide. We're in 2022. We're near the end of it. What are we thinking of? 
Well, I imagine that some of the things that might be used to argue in favour of further drilling is the fact that currently most people have gas-fired boilers heating their houses and they're facing cold houses this winter because they, they can't afford to heat them. Now, you've talked about solar and you've talked about wind power there, but that's not going to help people with heating their houses. Right, yeah, but let's say we went and got more gas out of the North Sea. Amanda, okay, that would take a decade. So by giving out licenses now, it isn't going to solve any short or medium term issues with our supply of gas. And we already know it isn't going to make any dent on the price, right? If it means that we buy less, and we only, I think we only get 4% of our gas from Russia, right? It's an irrelevance. We could save 4% by changing the flow settings on our boilers, which I think the government are now going to talk about in public information films. But if we were to get that gas out of the North Sea in the next decade and maybe get 10% of our gas that way, in that decade, (laughs) we could have put enough new renewables into the grid and totally transformed the way people heat their houses. It would take over from gas as a main source of electricity generation. And in conjunction with a common sense plan to insulate our homes, we would solve this problem. You know, before any of this gas gets on shore, it just wouldn't be needed. So, Craig, you've taken part in the current protests and Just a Poiler has got a whole month of, of protests which have taken place and are planned. Can you tell us a little bit about the protesters, just perhaps a little bit of, of a background for a few of them? Yeah, I mean, they're just a group of ordinary people. You know, if you if you just stop 20 people who were going into St Albans next weekend and, and you'd get a cross-section of people from all walks of life, that's exactly what these people are. I mean, I've been sat on the road next to people who are members of the clergy, a primary school classroom assistant, a builder, an electrician, a teacher... Uh, it's just it's just people from all walks of life um but yeah people just ordinary people who just know the situation we're we're in um but yeah i mean some some really committed really brave people but first and foremost just ordinary people amanda Okay. Now, most of the protests are obviously intended to be disruptive attention catching but what's with the soup and the paintings yeah, exactly that, really. We're just trying to trying to get into people's living rooms so that this this is discussed. I mean, it wasn't a painting. It was a glass-protected painting, right? Uh, we've cable-tied ourselves to goalposts at Premier League football matches. We beat, went on the track at the Formula One. We're just trying to shake people out of their comfort zones because this is going to be – it's coming down the road, right? We've just had the hottest summer ever. This is something that we can talk about that in decades to come, the next generation is going to be affected. We're affected now. Crop yields dropped in all parts of the world this year. And this, you know, this has been firstly the hottest summer we can ever remember, but also maybe the coldest summer of the rest of our lives. You know, this is really at a point now. So David King, who was a chief scientific advisor to four prime ministers, said 18 months ago, what we do in the next three or four years is going to determine the future of humanity. We're two years away from hitting potential tipping points in the Arctic with no summer sea ice, where the Amazon stops working as a rainforest, becomes a net emitter of carbon dioxide rather than the world's largest carbon sink. 
you know, we're nearly there. And once these dominoes start to fall, it is all over, Amanda. We import half our food. Can you imagine what's going to be, you know, happening in this country in 10, 20 years' time? We're in one of the most perilous positions of any developed nation because we're so densely populated and we're so reliant on other people's food. Um, Craig, listening to that, I'm finding that really scary. But I'm, I'm also thinking, you know, for a lot of people, they're, they're worried whether they've got enough food to feed their kids, like, you know, right now. Life is really tough. Do you, do you think that a lot of people have got the brain space to cope with this on top of all the economic worries they've got at the moment? Yeah, I know. It's terrible, isn't it? I mean, we should have been learning about this over the last 10, 20 years. You know, we've actually reached the point where the car's almost about to go over the cliff and the timing couldn't be worse. We've got some massive issues around the world now, whether they're caused by, you know, the knock-on effects of, of, of the COVID lockdowns or the war going on in Ukraine. You know, somebody said on the Daily Politics show today, you know, it's the world's biggest supply of energy fighting the world's biggest supply of food. And yeah, it's going to have a massive knock on effect. I really feel for everyone at the moment. And, and I'm sure that people, you, you know, your first concern is the next meal on the table, isn't it? And how you're getting through the next month, not thoughts about what's going to happen over the next couple of decades. So really, it couldn't be worse. And the government needs to take a lead here. And they're not, although they're failing us. The, the times I hear headlines about stopping climate change protesters, they should be talking about stopping climate change, Amanda, not the protests. You know, we're protesting because their policies are suicidal, both in terms of the future of our country and everything we hold dear, but also suicidal economically. Every pound you spend insulating a house pays you back twofold. It stops the NHS getting overwhelmed. It stops someone dying every 15 minutes. 15 minutes there's a winter cold death in this country, the sixth richest country in the world. You know, pe people need, I'm afraid, to know about these things because they're just massive issues. So, Craig, it has to be said on social media, I've, I've seen videos of members of the public shouting at Just Stop Oil protesters. What kind of um, reaction are you generally getting from the, the public this time? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty mixed. Yeah, I was dragged out of the road this week in, in this weekend at Shoreditch in London, uh, and there was a lot of anger there, but there's also a lot of support as well. Um, it's very hard to gauge what percentage of people are very supportive and what percentage of people are very angry. But uh, I, I'm you know I'm sure people are angry because this hasn't been talked about how it should have been, and we're made out to be the baddies here in this when it isn't us; it's the government because the government haven't prioritised this and the government aren't educating people about just how dire the situation is. You know, their, their main task is to get re-elected, isn't it? So they don't want to put in place any policies that are going to make them unpopular. And I'm afraid we're at a point in history where we need to put in place some, some policies to look after the next thousand generations of people that we're going to have a massive effect on. And as well as looking after ourselves over the coming years and decades, right? So, Craig, have you spoken to politicians? What do they say? Yeah, we have. I mean, a lot of us have spoken to our local MPs. There is some support for us, but it's almost kind of under-the-counter support because, you know, we, we are very Marmite and we appreciate that. 
I think history will judge us differently. You know, the suffragettes and the civil rights campaigners were massively unpopular at their moment in history. Um, but looking back, they did what needed to be done. You know, we're not trying to win a popularity contest. We know this needs to be done. If somebody doesn't bring it to the forefront, then all hope is lost. So obviously Extinction Rebellion, Insulate Britain, now just a Paul, you've been using the same model for protesting for a few years now. From what you say, it sounds like actually you're happy to stick with that being unpopular. I mean, do you think this model of activism is actually working? Is it actually going to cause change? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I wouldn't say we're happy to stick with this. So, you know, some of us, before we embark on these actions, might spend a night together. And it's not a night where we're looking forward to going and sitting in a road um, because we know, you know, that we we are going to be sworn at, dragged out the road um, or run the risk of that happening to us. Um, We know we're going to be vilified. But no, I don't know what anything else that has an impact. You know, when people say, we believe in your aims, but not your, not, not, not the way of you go about it. Come on, then. Give us a better idea. You know, people say, well, have you written to your MPs? Have you signed petitions? Well, yeah, for 50 years. You know, I've met my local MP twice. I've talked to other MPs in Parliament. Um, and there is some support, but they still don't do anything. You know, it's about action now, isn't it? We need people to take action. We know this works. Historically, this works. It got the civil rights in America. You know, it took a decade to get where they needed to go, but it worked there. It got women the vote here. It got men the vote here. You know, none of us had the vote before people started direct action. So we know it works, but it's hard, Amanda. Yep. Okay. So, Craig, I I hear what you say, but frankly, there are still going to be a lot of people who are not willing to glue themselves to roads or throw soup around. So for for those people, can you just give them a suggestion of something that they can do to, to help? I mean, you know, signing the petitions is, do you yes. not think that's of any value? Or? No, it doesn't work. Go, go on the Just Stop Oil website uh, and say you want to help. And there are so many roles you can take to help. I mean, if you want to, you can come up to London every day this month you know, just go to Downing Street, the end of Downing Street, 11 o'clock every day. And there are things that we're doing every day that you can help with. Or you can sign up to go leafleting, right? Leaflet for some of the talks that we give when we're trying to mobilize. Things like that. You can work on the phones for us. There are so many behind the scenes roles. But really, it's about mobilizing more people for direct action because we know it works. If our numbers grow, we'll have an impact. Uh, and we, we don't know anything else that does work. Craig, thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. You're welcome. I was talking there to Craig Scudder, Hertfordshire resident and protester with Just Stop Oil. Now, I can hear some of you shouting at that there radio. Are you shouting your support and checking out how you can join in with Just Stop Oil too? Or are you, well, kind of supportive but think that perhaps direct action might be pushing public attitude against supporting action on the climate crisis? Or do you agree with the government's spokesperson who said these sorts of protests which disrupt people's daily lives or indeed can stop our emergency services from potentially saving lives are unacceptable? Well, whichever your views, I'd love to hear them. You can email. I'm on amanda.yorworth at 
Mix92.6.com or look out for Environment Matters on Mix92.6 on Twitter and on Facebook. Now, do remember that if you've missed any editions of Environment Matters, you'll find them all waiting for you to listen to at your leisure on the podcast page of Mix926.com. Look out for me talking to Dr. Brian Mensch of Utah University, talking about the danger that wood smoke poses to our health. Or find out exactly what the so-called attack on nature really is and how it could affect our wildlife here in Hertfordshire, or perhaps hear from local author Judith Leary-Joyce about her great new book that will help you with making your home warmer and cheaper to run. So that's all on the podcast page of Mix926.com. I'll be back with you at the same time next week, but until then, thank you for listening.